This is the Star Coach Show with Meg Rentschler, episode 363. I know where my coaching comes from because it comes from the heart. I speak from the heart with um, my clients. When you define that truth, you can kind of settle into that truth prior to hitting the Zoom call button or the cell phone or answering the call. And that's what really supports because you're congruent. If you're congruent, you make better decisions, you make ask better questions, your client has better experiences and you dance better, right? Because you know that I am in the right profession. This is what I do. That's Master Certified Coach Mike Green talking about his coaching truth. What can you learn about your coaching truth and your journey? We're going to dive into that and so much more in this episode of The Star Coach Show. Hello, welcome to the show. It's fantastic to have you here as we continue diving into human performance, the way that we listen, the way that we communicate to help other people be the best they can be in their journey in life. I'm Meg Rentschler. I'm the host of the Star Coach Show. It's awesome to Join with my guest this week as we talk about your coaching truth. So what exactly is that? And do you have to be a coach to learn about your truth? The reality is we all have a truth in the path that we've walked and how it has brought us to serve others, to show up in this life the way that we show up in this life. And my guest today has done some extreme things to learn about himself, learn about how he shows up through the journey he's taken to be a master certified coach through the International Coaching Federation. Mike Green is an author, a global keynote speaker. He facilitates trainings. He's an outdoor guide and instructor, and as I mentioned, a master certified coach. So he has over 30 years and 11,000 hours of helping people around the globe with human performance experiences. Through that, he coaches high potential and emerging leaders, executives, and leadership teams to discover their leadership truths. And what we're going to lean into today is what are your coaching truths? We all came to coaching through different paths. Mike's path is that he's traveled and worked with people in over 63 countries on all seven continents. So he's got this multicultural background to help us dive into what do we think about when we're coaching with clients? Does he have any of that chatter that happens to us in this partnership? And the answer is both yes and no. So you want to listen to learn more about that. We're going to talk about how his journey has taken him to where he is today. And what I find to be so valuable about that as the guest of this show is that when we can learn about other people's paths and other people's journeys and hear some of the similarities that we resonate with, 
some of the things that maybe we've never thought about that blow our minds a little bit and make us think about what can I learn? What can I apply? How can I be and show up with the people that are entrusting me to work with them? So with no further ado, I'm going to turn this over to my interview with Mike Green, author of Wonder Must, A Hero's Journey to Seven Truths. Let's go to my interview. Mike Green, welcome to the Star Coach Show. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I've been looking forward to it. We met because you are one of the speakers in 2023 for the Essence of Mastery Summit, one of the programs that I strongly recommend to coaches who are looking to build their muscles, build their mastery, and get those all-important core competency continuing education credits. So I had the pleasure of meeting you through Annie and that process, and we were talking about what would uh, really align with what you're passionate about in uh, being a coach. And, And we talked about how defining our coaching truth is so essential. And then we'll we'll dive into what exactly is that and and what do we what do we want to think about? I think that uh it's been your experience, it certainly has been my experience and the experience of the you know over a thousand coaches that I've trained and and mentored that we don't tend to have coaching as our very first career, right? Coaching tends to be one of those things that we grow into. And everything we've done along the way adds to who we are when we when we decide that, you know, this is this is something that we want to partner with people to help them through their coaching. And so let me just ask you, when we when you think about defining your coaching truth, what is it that you want to be sure we explore in our time together today for everybody who's listening to think about that? the essence of what that means. What's important to understand is that all things that we do in our lives, whether it be our first job working at friendly scoop and ice cream all the way up until being a school teacher for me as an example, and ultimately becoming a coach, as you say, it's not our first job, that all those things add up and that we can't discount them. And it's important to understand that those are part of our journey, our hero's journey, if you will. And ultimately, when we find ourselves saying out loud to someone else that I am a coach in whatever capacity you are, that we need to find our leader, our our coaching truth so that when we are in service of others, we are ultimately congruent coaches. Now we can have our systems down in place and we have our boilerplate kind of questions we might ask here and there, et cetera. However, it's really important that we come from a place of truth or truth of why are we a coach in whatever capacity. Love that. So we thought we would look at the journey you've walked and the way that you use that journey to help inform what you do, who you work with, and also what led you to to author a book, right? Because on mm-hmm. top of, of what you're doing as a master certified coach, which is relatively new for you. So congratulations on your MCC. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about uh, what you had to 
sort of own and maybe even wrap your arms around to fully to fully embrace your journey and and the way that you are now working with other people as as a coach. So where do you want to start in sharing about your journey? <laughs> well, let's start in aisle four of Acme Park, uh, Acme Grocery Store, age <laughs> I mean, when I'm about age 13 or 12, or I was of the age when parents talk about their kids in front of the kids and think that the kids don't know that they're talking about them. So whatever age that was in Acme in Western New York, my mother and I were going through the grocery store, go up this aisle. My best friend's mother meets up with my mother and they start talking and my mom and her chat along and they're talking about their kids. And and my friend's mother says to my mother, You know, Mike really asked really good questions. I find myself thinking about them often. And my mom said, without a missing a step, and really very sweetly as she is, very sweet. Yeah, he has a gift. Yeah, that's his gift. That happened, but that was it. I just like, okay, well, they're talking about me again, and they think I'm not here. But then, right, right. And I, I am hearing this, yes. Yeah, it was like the antecedent of a change that took place. And I would find myself as now fast forward a couple of years later, I'm asking my friends questions. People come to me a lot to support them. And even in high school, I was a class president for three of the four years I was in school. And then ultimately I did an outward bound course as a student. I found that my love of the outdoors and asking good questions and supporting people in their journey was something that was new to me and very, very exciting. However, coming from a fourth generation railroad family, we work uh, five days a week and we have two weeks off a year and uh, there's no such thing as seasonal work. Well, that opened my eyes. So that's how it all began and understanding just basically that we have something to offer, much like um, I had a, an encounter with a book called Abin, uh, Rahal by Abin Batuta, which was basically a book about a world traveler way back in the day of the 1400s. And he traveled all around the world giving of himself. And that book, coupled with my experience of asking good questions, I knew that I could do something to travel. I, I, I was a poor kid from a poor family in Western New York, blue collar family. And as I knew that I could travel the world if I just gave it myself. And what can I give is a, is a sincere, good, good, well-timed question. All right. So that sort of opened that up. And you <laughs> said you you went into Outward Bound as a student. What was the Outward Bound journey like for you? Because I think it went beyond that initial, no, did it not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in Outward Bound, I did a uh, I did a 14-day dog sledding cross-country ski course in the dead of winter. And that just changed my life. It was pretty amazing um, to experience. And that opened up my eyes that there are things called self-limiting thought processes and that I constantly over overcame them over and over throughout those 14 days. And then that just momentum kept me going because it's like um, I never thought I could manage a dog team on a very heavy freighter dog sled by myself, but I could do it. I never thought I could ski as far as You said as you were a student. S- so how old were you? Yeah, I was a how senior in high you? school, so I was 17 years old. And you had this dog sled by yeah. yourself. Across and where were you doing this outward bound? In the boundary waters of Minnesota, near Ely, Minnesota, which is very wow. beautiful. Yeah. Well, I was with a group of people, but I was 
I was strong enough that I could manage the dogs, the freighter dog sled, which is basically 12 to 14 feet long, fully loaded with the dog teams. And, you know, it's not just sit on top and just prance right. along. It's, it's it's really, really hard work. I mean, like, I bet it's it is. intensely good hard work. So I was able to do that. <clears throat> so those, the idea of self-limiting thought process was just that they are self-limiting, which was a major thing for a 17 year old kid to understand, you know? So right. that just blossoms like anything's possible. What do you think allowed you as a 17 year old to, to identify those self-limiting thoughts and then be able to create a difference, like raise your awareness of them and make a different choice. What, what was that process like for you, Mike? Well, mother nature is a, an amazing teacher and each day we were given a challenge as a group or even as an individual, and uh, we we had no choice but to overcome them. And uh, whether it be, well, we need to do this many miles or we need to find this type of wood to burn or you got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and you're like, wait right. a minute, it's way too cold. And yeah. no, but you got to go, you got to go. So it's constant, the small and the big and the physical and the mental challenges, overcoming them over and over again. That's why I'm a huge proponent for Outward Bound. And um, I learned so much about that. I came back a totally different young man. I you know, I was wild and crazy, of course, and kind of goofy, but I still had a, a drive that I knew I could overcome something if I needed to. I love it. So what, really, it was that sort of life or death in some ways. I mean, that might be, but I mean, if we're going to stay warm, we've got to find this mm -hmm. kind of wood. If we're going to mm -hmm. finish this event, we're going to make X mm -hmm. number of miles. So it was mm -hmm. being placed in a, you weren't coddled at all. You weren't mm -hmm. like, oh, let me rescue you. You had to figure it out on your own. Oh, yeah. So how did you then take that experience and apply it to your onward growth and and learning as as you went from 17 to 27 to mm -hmm. the next yeah. decade i'm not going to continue my decades because <laughs> i don't want to but but right. you know so so basically right. mike how did you do that well it wasn't easy because now you and i'm saying this not that i'm better than anyone by any means i'm not saying that but when you come back with the idea that you can do anything in that um that life is a journey and that kind of woke me up that yeah okay i'm I'm going to come become a police officer and a dog handler, et cetera. And then, wow, there's more possibilities in life outside my county, if you will, or even outside my state. Mm -hmm. So then just changing and having those moments of your life where much like Joseph Campbell says in his work, you know, you're, you have a call, there is a call pulling you and you have a choice to answer that call or ignore it. And then life gets miserable. So you can step into the unknown. So leave the known and step into the unknown. So that was happening a lot. So I went to school and got my secondary ed teaching. Oh, excuse me. I got my two-year degree in criminal justice. And then I drove all the way from Western New York, not knowing anybody past the Mississippi in the dead of winter to work for $100 a month in an in outdoor education program. Wow. <laughs> so it wasn't easy, but but that's part of this whole coaching experience is that I have clients that are executive coaches or that are executives that are in charge of $20 million a day operation. And that, like you were talking about earlier, but we as coaches, what are some of the things that we talk about in our heads or what kind of voices do we hear? I remember sitting there when I was really starting out, man, I don't know if I deserve this, this 
place at this conference table to ask a good question to support this individual making big decisions. But in, in, honestly, I do because I constantly put myself out leaving the known and going into the unknown. And you're ultimately asking your client to do that. So we've done that over and over again. So yeah. that goes back to what you were saying earlier, how all things add up, you know, all mm-hmm. things add up. So whether it be being out there trying to maneuver this huge dog sled with dogs that are really wanting to keep moving forward, you have to dance with it. And that's what a good coaching conversation is, is a good dance with your client and then being able to support them tiptoeing around the idea, should I go out into the unknown or should I not? Or, okay, I'm out here. Now what? (laughs) Help me. Right. uh, We'll be back to my interview with Mike Green right after this message. Are you tired of spinning your wheels as a coach, struggling to attract the clients you need to make the income you desire and deserve? Do you find yourself making excuses of why you can't do something, or I don't know about this, or I don't know where to start? Well, you're not alone. In fact, 82% of coaches who try to build a thriving business end up failing. And here's the good news. You don't have to do it all alone. That's why I created the Star Coach Community to be a game changer for coaches like you who are ready to take your business to the next level and just aren't exactly sure how to do that. Imagine having a supportive community that will guide you, inspire you, help you to grow with clarity and confidence. Inside the Star Coach community, you're going to have access to industry experts, a safe place to ask those burning questions that are keeping you stuck, and the opportunity to break free of the isolation of trying to figure everything out on your own. Just listen to what one member had to say about community membership. I can't believe the value I get from the Star Coach community. It's truly amazing. And don't just take my word for it. Let me share a recent success story of one of our members. After participating in our Q&A hot seat coaching session, this coach went on to sign a whopping $13,000 contract. That's the kind of transformational results you can achieve when you have the support and guidance of this community. And very truthfully, we love each other. We do such, we look forward to being with one another and absolutely love the time we have together. So imagine what it would feel like to have that kind of success in your coaching business. It's not just a dream. It's within your reach. So I encourage you, don't miss out on this incredible opportunity to join the Star Coach community and make your business happen. Head over to starcoachshow.com slash community, starcoachshow.com slash community, and see for yourself the endless possibilities that await you. Your coaching success starts now. Join us. Now, let's get back to the show and continue your journey toward coaching success. So you went from criminal justice into teaching, into what Mm -hmm. what ultimately led you into executive coaching? 
Well, it's all about human performance. Some of my clients are executives, so I'm just performance coach. That's what I tell them. Okay. And they say, oh, really? Performance coach? Do you help with the arts or? <laughs> no, no. So um, the performance coach, human development is pretty much it. What got me? So your question was, what got me into it? Yeah. What got you into coaching? <clears throat> so you, you've walked this path. We've talked just briefly about the journey mm-hmm. you've walked and you've landed not only in performance coaching, you're in Alaska. So you're no longer mm-hmm. in New York. You're in Alaska. Mm-hmm. You do performance coaching and, mm-hmm. and you still lean into what mother nature can teach. So how did you wrap mm-hmm. all these together into what you wanted to do? I went, I've done many, many things in my life. I'm only 51 years old and I've, <laughs> I've lived the life of four men, some people say. I've been everything from an eye inoculator, meaning taking people's eyeballs out, to working as an orderly, to being a model, to coal mining, logging, you name it, big game hunting guide. I can go on. So what did it all come together? How did it happen? Well, I was a facilitator for leadership courses, and one of the uh, superintendents in the oil and gas industry said, hey, Mike, come here. You see those guys over there? That one's hungover. That one's just wanting to get out of here, get back to his family. This one doesn't have any place else to go. You know, you would really do well if you just took this and coached these guys out on the rig. When I was like, okay. He goes, you got a you got a company? I go, nope. He says, uh, well, I'll help you get a company. And if you and I'll help you write a contract, <clears throat> I can get you out on the rig so you can help these boys. I said, all right. So ultimately that's how it all went down about 13 some odd years ago. No, more than that, 15, maybe 16 years ago. That's how it started for my coaching company. However, I've been coaching folks way before that, whether it be in the experiential education field, whether it be facilitating um, leadership or communication courses, et cetera. You know, that's how it all began. So you got invited to do that, yet I know that you've mm-hmm. also gone and you've, you've trained and you've, because you wouldn't be an mm-hmm. MCC if you didn't have all oh, of yeah. the, the pieces that come with that. So what was it about that very first experience with him saying, you know what, here's, let's do this on the rig. Let's bring some of your coaching. I'll, I'll sort of sponsor you and help you get this started. What, what, but bit you, what was the thing that kind of was like, yes, this is, this is what I want to do. This is what I'm good at. Well, I knew I was good asking good questions. I just wanted structure. So way back before I even started my own company, I started interacting with the ICF and then also getting structured to a coaching call, a coaching conversation, right? Okay, so there's the beginning and the, there's contracting and then you check for, then you actually have all these steps to it, right? So I, I did that. So I wanted that and then I started and that really put me on the track to really get good really quickly. And then ultimately in my clients, sometimes like, trapped and they couldn't get away anyway because I was on location with them right so I had, to, <laughs> I had a very I was very very lucky in my courses that I've taken because I would learn something that weekend and then I would be right back in on the rig or wherever I was the next week training using that stuff so I was taking it right to right application to so was, like boom yeah right learn med- apply learn apply yeah and but sometimes those people were not willing but of course, you can't coach a non-willing person. I right. get that. So everybody's there. Go, what the but they didn't raise saying? their hand and say, I want to coach. Right, right. So you're you're just basically having a basic conversation around development of some sort. So yeah, that's how you, it went down. That's all it went down. So you got so what was it? We talked about 
that sometimes over the course of the journey that you've walked, you're now some at times sitting across from an executive who leads a mm-hmm. multi-million dollar corporation or department. Mm-hmm. What are some of the the chatter that you have to deal with now, the self-limiting beliefs that might come up about you sitting in a room with that person to, hey, get yourself out of the middle of the conversation because it's not about Mike, right? And yet as coaches, we can get in that like, oh, mm-hmm. who am I to be in this situation? And, and so I think that the audience could appreciate some of the issues that you've also had to deal with mm-hmm. in you have this multifaceted history and yet mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that you don't get that chatter as well right right yeah that's that's true well what's interesting is um the more i got out of my own way the less the chatter took place right so if i was yeah. that's why i'm talking about defining your, your leadership your your coaching truth because i've come from a place of genuine care and i believe i have a gift of asking a, a well time in depth conver- uh, question so once i got out of my way the less the less of that chatter once i wrote my book wandermust a hero's journey to seven truths it really calmed everything down even more so like I was completely relaxed as if you and I were on my on my deck here looking at the mountains here in the interior of Alaska, completely relaxed. I deserve my place at the table. Two things took place. One, I got out of my own way. And that was part of the master code, master MCC experience, you know, going through all of that and learning that it is a dance and that you the less you try to steer the conversation, the the better it is. And it's just a it's a dance. That's the only way I can say it, really. It's a flowing, it's much like a, a tree in the wind, you know, it just kind of flows as it should because the wind's blowing it. So that really helped. And then writing the book, that really helped. And honestly, just simply declaring, however, I'm I'm at that level now, right? I'm, I've done it. But however, I'm, the journey is not over. So I'm like, okay, I got my MCC. Thank you very much. Yay. <laughs> it's uh, more of a, now you know you're it's on a, you're you're completely on a journey and um and it's important to continue that and I'm grateful to be able to start doing that. Excellent. So I appreciate that you've sort of brought your own journey forward. Some of the the ways that you get comfortable in your own skin and and comfortable mm-hmm. in the partnership. Is there anything that we haven't explored that or a message that you want everyone listening to clearly hear about this importance of defining your coaching truth way back in the, i wish i would have read more about joseph campbell years and years ago at 17 or 18 years old in fact i'm thinking that might be my next book where i write about joseph campbell's work to those individuals that are leaving high school or going to college or making it for the young young adults in life where that would have helped me out greatly. I would have, I can't imagine the strife that I would not have experienced. However, you need that strife, right? Right, right. Also another book by um, Stephen Pressfield, The um, War of Art. He talks about the muse, right? He calls it the muse, the voice within him. I've experienced that. And I wish I would have read that years and years and years ago so that I would say, oh, that's my muse talking. Like when I write about my book, 
how I had literally two out-of-body experiences in front of my my teacher, my students, as I was teaching about the French Revolution, it all happened. That would have, oh yeah, this is my muse telling me I am living a lie and I need to, I'm not meant to be a teacher. Nothing wrong with teaching. I'm nothing wrong at all. Very noble profession, but not necessarily for everybody. Yeah. It wasn't for me because I was still going. I still had a lot of travel. And I mean, after that, I probably traveled 30 more countries and four more continents. But anyway, so those are really two good and important books for me. They help you find your or define your truth. Why is it that you're doing it? And then much like Stephen Pressfield calls on his muse before he rewrites, right? Because he has a he has a saying, he asks for the muse to come and support him because he doesn't know where it comes from. I know where my coaching comes from, comes, comes from the heart. I speak from the heart with um, my clients. When you define that truth, you can kind of settle into that truth prior to hitting the Zoom call button or the cell phone or answering the call. And that's what really supports because you're congruent. If you're congruent, you make better decisions. You make ask better questions. Your client has better experiences and you dance better, right? Because you know that I am in the right profession. This is what I do. Don't look at your bank account for validation. <laughs> Don't. And if I could say one thing to the people, get away from the hourly rate, because that's a paradigm that does not serve you as an individual or your client. Because I found, at least me, that I wrestled with that for years and thinking, I got to, it's almost 40 minutes into the conversation and I haven't asked asked a $250 question yet. Or are they getting $250 worth of value? Am I bringing my $250 hour um, value today? And you're not going to sometimes. You could have 10 calls and seven of them are awesome and three of them might not be that great. That's a paradigm that's not going to serve. It did not serve me. And if you have a data-driven client, they're going to think, okay, let's see, I've worked with Mike four times and I've spent this much. Am I getting that much value? So go for the engagement because over time, the, the Kaizen effects or the butterfly effect, small incremental steps will support you and your client. But the hourly rate is not helpful, my opinion. No, and I would agree with you. I think that that very much... We look at things holistically. I say to my clients, you didn't, you know, end up where you are right now or with the struggles that you have right now over over an hour. You're mm-hmm. unlikely to unravel everything and and create the path forward that you want to in an hour. Let's, you know, invest in your forward movement and the results that you want over the course of time versus let's let's see what we can do in an hour to you know to create the kind of clarity you want moving forward. Right. So I would I would yeah. completely agree with you in that. Mike, so we're gonna have oh so important. We're gonna have links for people to be able to connect with you. We'll have a link for your book in the show notes. <clears throat> I am so grateful for the time that you gave to us as we explore how we really define our coaching truth, how stories and and our experiences do allow us to connect with those kinds of clients that that want that experience of of working with us because there are thousands of coaches. Each one of us brings something individual. And while it's not about us in the coaching experience, People do choose us to work with. And part of that is mm-hmm. the journey that we've walked. So thank you for bringing that forward. Thank you. 
So there you have another episode of a coach sharing his awe-inspiring work with us. I am continually inspired by the kinds of work that coaches are doing in so many different arenas, so many different ways. Mike has some programs opening up. If you would like to work in Alaska with Mike, be sure to check out the links for this program at starcoachshow.com slash 363 starcoachshow.com slash 363. Pick up the links to connect with Mike and see more about the work that he's doing. My conversation with Mike continues in the Star Coach community where we do amazing work together. Be sure to check out the community at starcoachshow.com slash community starcoachshow.com slash community. We would love to have you join us and help you meet your dreams. Next week, I welcome Luke Charlton to the show. Luke and I are going to be talking about ad spend. That's right. Like, how do you make choices about where you spend your money to advertise your business if that's a fit for you? And if that sort of blows you away a little bit about how do we do that? I totally get it. And I invite you back next week as I explore that with Luke Charlton. So until next week, this is Meg Rentschler wishing you the very best for your coaching success. You don't have to do it alone. Continue to join, subscribe to the channel if you like us, and we'll see you next week.